This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Why are Jews hated universally around the world? And why is anti-Semitism growing, exploding even as we speak? Today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at this subject and... Yes, indeed, we hear about anti-Semitism here and there and around, but what's really happening now is an explosion. It's almost as if a grenade has gone off of anti-Semitism worldwide, and perhaps especially in the United States of America. Yes, especially. And so on viewpoint here today. We're going to take a look at this, and I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And our conversation today will also be full of information, but I trust transformation. So please stay tuned. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, here on Viewpoint that confronts the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. Why is it that educators are warning of anti-Semitic outbreaks on college campuses all over the country? That's the headline. Why is it that the Jewish organization has finally discovered that anti-Semitic incidents in the United States are up nearly 400% since October 7th? 400%. Why is it that in Germany, the anti-Semitism commissioner, Felix Klein, has said, we're on our way back to the most horrific times for our country? What's he talking about? And then again, why is it that the premier Jewish university in America, Brandeis University, founded in commemoration and honor of Louis Brandeis, who was the first Jewish Supreme Court Justice, why is it that the students could not even pass a resolution to call on Hamas to immediately release all hostages and to condemn Hamas for its actions? Why? We need to think about that. And then Haaretz.com, which is the uh, most liberal newspaper in Israel, has announced that walkouts protesting Gaza genocide are planned all over U.S. campuses now. And why is it that an American, an Israeli-American professor at one of America's premier universities, Columbia University, has gone on a profound challenge to the university president calling him a coward for refusing to call out Hamas for what it has done? Maybe that's the reason why another Jewish writer has said it's time for Jews to realize they're no longer welcome in American universities. But it's not just Jews, friends. It's Christians as well. We're going to focus today on anti-Semitism and the Jewish anti-Semitism that is exploding in this country and worldwide And if it can start in the land of the free, increasingly becoming only the home of the brave, just imagine where it's going to go worldwide. But in Australia, 
not talking about Jewish anti-Semitism, but the headline coming from the Russian Times says this, No Jesus. Christians are under attack in Australia. Coming from the Russian Times. Christians under attack in Australia that supposedly was a Western Christian country. Are you beginning to see the handwriting on the wall, friend? Can you understand then why the Holy Spirit might have prompted me several months ago to begin writing a book called When Persecution Comes? I've just completed chapter 7. Chapter 6 and 7 are the very heart of the book that set the stage, the tone for encouragement and strength for you, for me, for all of us, for our families, our congregations, for pastors, to be able to understand the gravity of what is coming upon the earth just as Jesus said it would, just as the Apostle Paul said it would, just as James said it would, and John. It's just repeat in the Scriptures, and it's happening just as we were told, and we're still playing pretend in this country like those things could never happen in America. And if they're not happening in America, well, it doesn't really matter whether they're happening anywhere else because we're exceptionalistic, and we don't have to be concerned about those things. Well, you do, friend. And it's rising dramatically in this country. And if anti-Semitism against the Jewish people, which are seen to be politically liberal in this country, just think what's going to happen in the jet stream of this as it sweeps through our universities. Just think what is going to happen when it takes root against Christians. And it already is. Christians are not welcome in American universities. They're just not. Jews were more welcome, it seems, but not anymore. Even with their hyper-liberalism, they're not welcome. Consider it. This is why we're doing this program here today, so that you, you will be confronted with the reality of what is really taking place in our world and why. Speaking of the why, Dennis Prager, a Jewish commentator, very well known and respected, had a piece in today's, uh, on the internet, and uh, it's titled, The Hamas Slaughter Confirmed Everything I Have Believed. Well, what is it that he has believed? Well, if you read the article, you get lost in it until you get to the last third of the article with the subtitle, Why Jews Are Hated. Now, we've talked about this over and over here on Viewpoint, and uh, I've expressed the same sentiment that uh, Dennis Prager is expressing in this article. But he is a Jew, and I am not. So he said, I wrote an entire book, Why the Jews, 40 years ago, explaining anti-Semitism. But I can sum it up in a few sentences. Jew hatred is largely a result of the Jews being the chosen people. You can laugh at the idea if you're secular and inclined to do so. 
But those who hate the Jews have not laughed at the idea. They have hated the Jews because of it, because they believed it and or because it is true. So, that being the case, God called Israel, the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the apple of his eye. He called them his anointed, small a anointed. He called Jesus, Yeshua, the only Jew who ever obeyed the Torah fully, his capital A anointed. By virtue of Gentile believers in Yeshua being grafted in, we also become part of his anointed by having been adopted or grafted in. We'll be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. Today we're talking concerning the matter of the mushrooming anti-Semitism. And to use the term mushrooming is really uh, an excessively modified term. It's exploding. Exploding anti-Semitism. A furious kind of anti-Semitism. It's as if a, a wound that has been festering now for a very long time and all of a sudden... It was lanced, and massive uh, infection just spews everywhere. That's what's happening. It's massive infection that is spewing everywhere. But you have to ask yourself the question, why the infection in the first place? Was there an injury? Was it a parasite? What was it? What was it that caused the injury in the first place so as to set the stage for the growth of this abscess that is now exploding in American universities and around the world. Jew hatred, anti-Semitism. Dennis Prager is right. It's because the Jewish people are chosen. Now, you may not like the idea that they were chosen, and maybe you wouldn't have chosen them, but God did. And he's God. So he made the decision, and he made the decision not because they were so wonderful, not because they were so smart, not because they were so beautiful, or any other reason like that. No natural reason. He made the reason, he made the choice because he made the choice. And that was his viewpoint, and he said, I am God. Now, you may disagree that he's God, and if you do, then you will be part of the anti-Semites, either openly or covertly, but you will be of necessity because you disagree with what God has said. Most anti-Semitism is covert. In other words, it lurks below the surface. It's there. It just is not open. It's not notoriously manifested or expressed, but it's still there. So how is it then 
that all of this suddenly has become so explosively manifested. What is it that caused this festering boil or uh, abscess or whatever you want to call it to explode and spread its anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic hatred and poison everywhere? I want to share some things with you here. Uh, and I want you to, I, I hope we'll listen very, very carefully. You see, what happened here is nothing new. Because the Jew hatred has been there for a very long time. It's been there for over 3,000 years. Over 3,000 years. The idea that the Jewish people, the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, were the chosen people just was not tolerable by the surrounding peoples and nations. And in the natural, you can kind of understand that, I suppose. You think about it, if you're not worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then you're taking offense. And when you take offense... Something happens deep inside you, whether or not it's manifested on the outside. Whether you take overt actions, your covert belief is still there in your heart. So how is it that it comes out? How is it that this festering boil or abscess or whatever it is in the hearts of America's college and university students, and yes, uh, German people and people all over the world now. How is it that this has suddenly come so manifest? It's not easy. It's not hard to understand. It really isn't. Let me explain. Pressure does not bring out that which did not exist. Pressure reveals what already does exist. The pressure coming on people concerning the attack of Hamas caused them to make a decision. Either we're against Hamas or we're against Israel. And the choice of America's college and university students, to use them as the model here, has been to embrace Hamas, to embrace the Palestinian concept and storyline, and to resist Israel because Israel deserves to be resisted because of the chosen people, even though they don't even understand that. It's just deep inside their hearts. And it all came out, spewing out this poison from the pressure that came from the sudden attack by Hamas. Now, I want to take this a little bit further. This is very important. This is not just discussion about anti-Semitism. It's something far greater, something far deeper, and it's something I'm even writing about now in the book, When Persecution Comes. Because it is coming. This is it. It's coming against Israel now. The latency of this poison 
that has erupted against Israel because of that pressure from Hamas is soon to erupt against Christians in America and all over the world from pressure. The word pressure in the English was translated from the Greek as the word tribulation. Do you think the Jewish people are experiencing tribulation right now? you got to believe it, friends. It's pressure. It's increasing pressure. That's what we're talking about. American Christians are absolutely terrified of that word tribulation because they don't want to understand that it means pressure. Are you experiencing increasing pressures yet? Of course you are, if you're honest. The pressures are coming at every level. They're coming from our government. They're coming from uh, the law centers. They're coming economically. They're coming uh, spiritually. They're coming at every single level, friends, in our society. That's why anxiety is growing so dramatically. So why are we so terrified of the word tribulation? Because it just means pressure. The reason is because we've been told by many so-called theologians that supposedly knew better that Christians would not have to experience such pressure because they'd be out of here remember you were told you would be out of here you wouldn't have to experience pressure you wouldn't experience the growing pressures but you are you are experiencing them and they're growing every day The most recent, just in the last two days, have been increasing talks about the launching of World War III. Vladimir Putin just came out uh, yesterday and uh, commenting upon Joe Biden's statements about that his uh, launching this new world Western order, that is, the Great Reset. We've been talking about this. The world government, the Western world government, the resurrected Roman Empire now forming its Western world government. Vladimir Putin says, you basically are making a declaration for World War III. That's what he said. Maybe you didn't hear it, but that's what he said. Do you not think those are the pressures that are increasing? It's not the Great Tribulation. But it is tribulation. No, I don't think you and I will be submitted to the great tribulation, which is when the wrath of God, not the wrath of man, but the wrath of God is brought upon the world for its unrighteousness. That's not what we're experiencing. We're experiencing all kinds of different forms of the wrath of man. That's what Hamas is all about. It means violence. The word Hamas is the Hebrew word for violent or violence. That's what we're experiencing. Please understand the greater picture here. 
If we only think very literally about anti-Semitism, okay, that's very easy to discuss because you and I are not experiencing it. But that's not the point. The point is that this is part of a much bigger picture from God's viewpoint. Why is it that we are so resistant to see things from God's viewpoint as expressed in his word? We just are. Even our pastors are largely resistant. Why? Because they know you're resistant, and they don't want to displease you. They don't want to turn you away. They want to keep their com- their congregations growing. They want to, you know, it's it's just the American way, isn't it? I'm not trying to put them down. I'm trying to explain why, as human beings, they conduct themselves the way they do. They're human beings. They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. Just like I do. I understand the pressures that are on them. But in times like these, friends, we're called to respond to pressure from God's viewpoint not to pander to humankind to get non-negotiable God bless you's from our constituents. We have a higher calling. We have a responsibility before God to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and not camouflage it, not try to speak it with a limp wrist and lisping lips so that people think it's nice and sweet. No. We need to speak the truth for what it is. And that's the only truth that the Holy Spirit can work with. God is watching over his word to perform it, friends, not yours and mine, and not our pastors. He's watching over his word to perform it. And the Holy Spirit can only deal and promote that which is absolute truth from God's viewpoint. And if we express it any other way, like a longtime dear friend of mine, when before we launched Save America Ministries, just as I was ready to launch it, we were sitting over breakfast, and he says, don't, don't say it that way, Chuck. Just say it more, say it nicely, say it sweet, say it... Don't say it that way. Say it some other way. What he was really saying is, look, you got to market it. It's about selling things. He was a salesman. But it's not about selling things, friends. We don't have to sell the gospel. You can't sell truth. Truth is what it is. The reason you have to sell something is because you don't want people to know the whole truth. You want to get somebody to buy your product without knowing everything about it. Isn't that why you don't trust a salesman? So if a pastor pretends to be a salesman, he's already missed the mark. You can't market the gospel. It's truth. Jesus didn't intend to be marketed. He's the master, friends. And if we try to market him, he's no longer the master. He just becomes a mascot. Now, all of that, you might think, has nothing to do 
with his talk about anti-Semitism, has nothing to do with the matter of persecution and so on. It has everything to do with it. Because one of the main reasons we try to market the gospel and the truth is to avoid persecution. Not just to sell something or seduce somebody to buy it, but also to say things in a way that people will not be frustrated or angry with us and result in persecution. Let me ask you a question. Is that what Jesus did? Is that what the Apostle Paul did? Is that what any of the other apostles did? Well, if they did, then why is it that every one of them suffered persecution? Think about it. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. It's a great privilege to be able to come before you every single day to confront the deepest issues of America's heart and home. Notice it's a matter of our hearts. The heart of the matter is the heart. It's always the heart, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why Jesus talked about our hearts and uh, repeatedly over and over again. In the Old Testament, God spoke to Israel about their hearts. That's what God is concerned about. He wants our hearts to be 100% in line with his view, his viewpoint, his word, his will, and his ways. Not a, not 50%, not 75% or 80%, but 100%. And if we're not 100% in line with his word, his will, and his ways, our hearts are not with him. Not really. It's like your child who says to you, I love you, Mom, or I love you, Dad, and then they don't do what you ask. Or they do 80% of what you say, and the rest of it they say, I don't want to do it. Hmm. Do they really love you? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In other words, you'll do what I say. You'll agree with me. If you don't love me, you won't. Very simple. So here's what's happening. With regard to this matter of uh, anti-Semitism, the world despises the Jewish people because they are chosen. That's it. Very simple. Because they're chosen. Now, if they walk in pride or some other way, just like any other human being, you don't like that. God doesn't like it either. But they're chosen. 
and the world doesn't like that, so they have monstrous envy. It's lurking down in the heart of the people of the world. How dare they consider themselves chosen? We're just as good as they are. We're Chinese. We're older than they are. We're we're Russians. We're Americans. We're Brits. And so on. Yeah, national pride. So, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's true for Israel, it's true for Christians in America, and it's true for Jewish people. But that doesn't change the fact that they're chosen. They're chosen, and so anti-Semitism, hatred, Jew hatred, lurks in the mind and the heart of Gentiles. Now, the Bible says that when the times of the Gentiles are over, then Israel and the Jewish people will be elevated again as God intended. They'll be brought back to the land. It's God's land. It's not their land. It's God's land. God said it was his land. And so he gives them an eternal leasehold to the land. It's God's land. It's not Israel's land. It's God's land. So when Syria or Jordan or the UN or Iran or Turkey or anybody else wants to say that, no, it's, it's not Israel, it, it belongs to the Palestinian people. Well, in reality, there is no such thing as a nation of Palestine. There isn't. Those people, as we have explained, are the descendants of those who the Arab nations ordered to leave the land of Israel when Israel became a nation because those Arab nations intended to go in and wage war and destroy Israel as a new nation and drive her into the sea and promised those Arab people that if they would leave the land for a short time, these Arab nations would come in, wipe Israel and the Jewish people out, and they could come back and own the land without any trouble. That's what they said. Problem is, they lost the war. 1948, they lost the war. Now what? Well, those people, about 800,000 of them, were put into camps. So the world then looks at the people that were put into camps because the Arab nations refused to take them in and expect and issue hospitality to their own people that they told to leave the land. They refused to welcome them into their nations like Jordan and Syria and so on. And so they kept them in camps so as to stir up the animosity of the world 
the Gentile world and the United Nations and so on against the Jewish people, as if the Jewish people had done this. They didn't do it. It was the Arab people that did it. The very nations that are screaming the loudest against Israel. So, all of this now is culminating in a anti-Semitic explosion because the attitudes of American students, young people, have been not educated, but have been trained to despise Israel and to embrace the Palestinian people and a false narrative, a false story. They have been told and taught a false story. And they believe it. And you're paying for it. You're paying to send your kids to these universities that are not educating them, but preparing them to hate. It's a whole different message. And now this explosion has taken place so that educators are warning of anti-Semitic outbreak on colleges, campuses, and denouncing tone deafness of faculty and students. That's the headline from Fox News. Then, another article, a furious Israeli-American professor, Shai Davidai, uh, or Davidai, uh, is slamming his Columbia University employers. Why? He's a current professor there. And he declared in front of a crowd on the school's campus, I would never send my daughter here. Why? Well, after another week of anti-Israel protests at the Ivy League school in the wake of Hamas' brutal assault on the Jewish state on October 7th, he said, we can't protect your children from prior uh, pro-terror student organizations because the president of Columbia University will not speak out against pro-terror student organizations. Why will he not speak out? For the same reason, friends, that pastors won't speak out against divorce and remarriage in their congregations. They're afraid of how the students will respond. Are you listening? This is not a game. We're talking about real truth now. How this works with human beings. Davidai is a business professor. He told the crowd that he was not speaking as a professor, but as a father. He said, I would never let my two-year-old daughter, when she was 18 years old, ever come to Columbia University. He says the president, Manushe Shafiq, is a coward. He said, I shiver with fear when being on campus since that attack. The day after the attacks across southern Israel, Columbia politics and history professor Joseph Massad said in an essay that he found Hamas attacks exhilarating. He came out and made a speech to that effect. Thought it was great. Hamas would kill every Jew in the world if they could. 
That's their goal. By declaration in the Quran and the Hadiths. On authority of Muhammad. The most liberal publication in Israel, Haaretz.com, said walkouts protesting the Gaza genocide planned on campuses across U.S. The Gaza genocide? In other words, they contend, because they're hyper-liberal, they contend that Israel is the problem and that Hamas is what Hamas is, but Israel has no right to respond the way they did and this is not right, this is not fair, this is, in other words, let Hamas be Hamas. They have no sense about them, friends. They have bought into a false theology, and this false theology has ravaged the entire world, especially the Western world. It's composed of three parts. Multiculturalism, religious pluralism, and political correctness. Once you embrace that triumvirate of false truth, you cannot escape it. You must conform all of your thoughts, all of your decisions, all of your viewpoints to those three pillars of your false theology. That's what's happening. It is happening everywhere, not just with regard to anti-Semitism, but with regard to decisions on virtually every issue in America and around the world, especially the Western world. How do you explain that in Israel's most Jewish university, Brandeis University, founded by Jews in celebration of the first Jewish Supreme Court justice that the student body would refuse to pass a resolution condemning Hamas. Unbelievable. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. I want to make available to you my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, and I might say the soon-coming imposter. We don't know how soon, but here's the situation. In order for the Antichrist to come forward, 
and be manifested, there has to be a groundwork laid of anti-Christ or anti-God or anti-the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob spirit in the world. And it has to be so great and so encompassing that the rest of the world will be catapulted almost instantly into the seductive arms of the counterfeit Christ figure, whoever that is. What we're experiencing, anti-Semitism, is in, in essence, it is a precursor to the final state of the world before the Antichrist comes. But it goes along with the persecution of Christians. So as it is with the Jewish people, so it is and will be increasingly coming to professing Christians. Now perhaps you can understand why the Apostle Paul would say, in Thessalonians, he would say, look, that before the Antichrist is manifested, there will be a great falling away. Not a great falling away of Jews, a great falling away of Christians for the faith. And you thought, you were told that Christians couldn't fall away for the faith, weren't you? But Paul says they can and will. Why will they fall away? Because they will fear and they will be under increasing persecution. And they won't like it. And their faith will not stand. They're not going to be prepared. They've been told that this is an easy day for a lady to become a Christian. All you got to do is make a little confession. All you got to do is walk into a church somewhere. All you got to do is believe, 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 whatever that means. You don't have to obey. You just have to believe, 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 which has no content to it. And they're unprepared. They're not able to stand in the evil day, and they'll fall away. And they're going to fall away by droves. They're just going to say, I can't do this. This is not for me, or they can't handle standing in the evil day. They can't handle standing against rising persecution. And so... They'll just capitulate. Whatever I have to do, let's go along to get along. Let's take the mark of the beast. It's okay. What am I going to do? I have to feed my kids. You see how the rationalization comes? They're just not prepared to stand. When one of my grandsons, who the only one who is actually married now, was uh, going with his wife. They've been married now a little over a year. They had some serious conversations over this issue. I wasn't involved with them. I just know they had them. And my grandson said, look, you and I have to be in agreement that if and when we're living and that mark of the beast comes along, we will not take it no matter what. We'll not rationalize about it with regard to our children or any other uh, on-the-ground kinds of issues. 
We're not going to do that. If you, you have to be in agreement with me on that. That was a good thing. To establish a standard from the beginning. Now it will be up to them to hold to it. That's the hard thing to do, but to establish it from the beginning. That's a great thing. And you should be establishing that in your own heart and mind. Because if you don't, the likelihood of you and or your kids or grandkids, pastors, your people, and maybe even you and your family will succumb. Get a copy of my book, Antichrist. How to Identify the Coming Imposter? Uh, it's a $22 book, yours for $22 on our, excuse me, for $20 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org, give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. By the way, I've been told that we have just a few more spots available for that breakfast in Massachusetts, for your listeners in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and New York on November 4th, Saturday, November 4th. If you're interested, you need to call us immediately, immediately. 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or go to the website. We've kept that up on the website now. Go to the uh, web store and that'll take you to another page, and you'll click on the upper right-hand corner where it says the breakfast and sign up, but do it today. We've got to know this is your last opportunity. Looking forward to being up there. Oh, yeah, looking forward to it. Okay, now, let's uh, take a look at two more items here. This report from Israel National News today. Anti-Semitic incidents in the United States up nearly 400% since October 7th. 400% anti-Semitic incidents. Does that sound significant to you? It should. Jonathan Greenblatt made this statement. He said it's incumbent upon all leaders, from political leaders to CEOs to university presidents, to forcefully and unequivocally condemn anti-Semitism and terrorism. He said this isn't hard. Words matter. And while the war in Gaza escalates, we encourage all those in positions of power to use their platforms to condemn hate and terrorism wherever it occurs. But this rise in anti-Semitic incidents hasn't been limited to the U.S. In France, the Minister of the Interior announced Monday that 588 anti-Semitic incidents have been reported to police resulting in 336 arrests since October 7th. In London, there were 218 anti-Semitic hate crimes over 13 times greater than the same period last year. In Germany, a 240% increase since October 7th. This is a big deal. 
how big a deal is it? Well, again, a report from Israel National News today. Germany's anti-Semitism commissioner, Felix Klein, has expressed great concern about the anti-Jewish violence that's rising in Germany. He said, it's transporting our country back to its most horrific times. And you know what he's talking about, the Holocaust. He says, people are shocked to hear news of houses where Jews live being marked with a star of David. He said, of course, that rings a bell and brings us back to the most horrific times we had in this country. Earlier this week, Germany's chancellor and president strongly denounced the rise in anti-Semitism in Germany. Germany's president, Steinmeier, made the comments at a rally in Berlin where thousands were gathered at a demonstration to call to show opposition to anti-Semitism and support Israel. He said it's unbearable that Jews are living in fear again today in our country of all places. Chancellor uh, Olaf Scholz said he was outraged by the anti-Semitic agitation spreading as the Gaza war rages. He said our never again statement has to be unbreakable. The problem, friends, is you can say never again all you want. But the Bible tells us that it's out of the abundance of a person's heart that they speak. And the heart of man is desperately wicked and is fundamentally anti-Jew. Because it is anti-God and it is anti-against the Jewish people being chosen by God as creator to be the apple of his eye. It's as simple as that. And they're not going to tolerate it, and it's going to rise and become more and more of a problem, systemic throughout the world. And at the same time, following in the jet stream of that anti-Semitism will be ever-increasing persecution of Christians. And it's happening in the Western world, friends. It's astounded me, as I've been writing this book, when persecution comes, and documenting just samplings of the persecution that's coming all over the world and in the United States. It's happening so fast that I cannot, just in a matter of, say, one week, I can't log them all. I can only give some illustrations. They're coming so quickly. Canada has become an anti-Christian nation. The UK has become an anti-Christian nation. France has become an anti-Christian nation. Germany has become an anti-Christian nation. Australia, New Zealand have become anti-Christian nations. America has become an anti-Christian nation. Friends, these are the former nations of the former Roman Empire. Sweden is about to be accepted into, the, into NATO. Sweden has become virtually an anti-Christian nation. The whole Western world, friends, for the most part. Zelensky there, heading up Ukraine, has no love lost 
for God or the church. No love lost for God or the church. His only interest is in power politics. And he's trying to use the Ukrainian church in order to accomplish his agenda. Or so is Vladimir Putin in Russia. This is the condition of our world. And we know the Apostle Paul said there was going to be a great falling away because of the pressure that is going to arise upon Christians just before the Antichrist is revealed and before Jesus shows up. That's why you need to get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, because it will help you to understand the full dimensions of the whole issue regarding Antichrist. It's not just a word to throw around. It's not just an individual, it's a spirit that is growing in intensity until it ushers in. Satan ushers in his counterfeit Christ. But until then, professing Christians are going to fall away like droves because they're not prepared to stand. Are you? Get a copy of the book. $22 book, yours for $20 on our website, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. You can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 7. 0879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And for those of you, whoever there is, we have a couple of uh, openings there for the breakfast on November 4th. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. Go to the website, saveus.org. Sign up there. Do it quickly. Do it today. Don't delay, friends. Time is up. Thanks for joining us. Become a partner and send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. Love what we're doing here. Trying to be faithful. Help us to continue. God bless and give us. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.